Welcome to the Rural Insights Podcast, where we explore rural actions and policies that impact Michigan's Upper Peninsula and beyond. This podcast is brought to you by the Rural Insights Institute, working to ensure that rural citizens and policymakers alike have the information necessary to make good decisions. If you'd like to learn more about Rural Insights, visit ruralinsights.org. Now, here's your host, David Haynes. Welcome to this edition of Rural Insights Podcasts. We are pleased today to have as our guest, Elise Burr, who is the director of the the NMU Rural Health Center. Is that correct, Elise? NMU Center for Rural Health. Uh, NMU Center for Rural Health. I'm sorry. I should have looked at my notes better. Thank you. And, and, uh, and did I, did I, uh, are you Dr. Elise Bird? Did I not do that right? Too? I am not a doctor. I didn't no. think so, but I wanted yep. to make sure. So people, I don't want to. So welcome, Elise. I'm, I'm, uh, I've been reading, you and I have visited and I've been reading about this great program uh, that, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, that, that uh, Dr. Kerry Schuling, uh, president of Northern, the interim president of Northern started, or at least worked on the grant for and. Uh, I think this even might have started while she was dean of the School of Nursing and provost, uh, and it resulted in this new wonderful program. So tell us a little bit about what does the center do? Well, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate you asking me to be a part of this podcast. Um, Appreciate the opportunity. So the Center for Rural Health um, was founded in July 2020. So started right in the very beginning of our pandemic. It's a heck of a time to start a new position and then a new thing built around health. Um, the, the, the project really entails improving the health and well-being of Upper Peninsula residents. And how can that happen? So it's, a, it's kind of a not only on-campus initiative, but it extends way beyond campus. And there are opportunities to tie Northern into helping with some of the challenges um, that the Upper Peninsula residents are facing when it comes to their health and well-being. Um, I work very closely with the Michigan Center for Rural Health. They are the state office of rural health um, located down in East Lansing, Michigan. Uh, they have a number of resources and um, different programs and educational opportunities that they provide. And uh, I kind of think of it as though there are ways to expose people in the Upper Peninsula to some of these opportunities without having to necessarily duplicate or replicate. And overall, it's going to really strengthen our rural health care system as a whole. So what, what kind of things would, they, would you connect people with? What, what? Um, I can give you a couple examples. It, it really isn't one particular avenue. It's kind of like multiple different branches, you know, that touch different things. Uh, one of the first projects I got engaged with was um, a couple uh, community action agencies had reached out to me from different geographic regions of the Upper Peninsula. They had indicated that they had CARES Act funding that they wanted to spend, but they weren't sure exactly what they could do. And we came up with an idea that we could use Northern's purchase power to, to buy iPads for their clients and um, also contract Northern for one year of the broadband access to the the EAN network. And then we could then connect their clients to not only supports, 
but um, community resources and telehealth opportunities so that their clients could maintain connections and have telehealth appointments during the pandemic. And so I thought that was that was a great starting point that we hadn't planned that just kind of like fell into our lap, but it worked out really well. We were able to connect about 150 residents um, throughout the UP with this type of service. So one of the one of the things that I think the rural uh, that makes maybe the UP as a rural area different than than some others, and the same as some others, but we are blessed with some very wonderful physicians and specialists and nurses and nurse practitioners and technicians, the whole healthcare uh, people industry, the people in the healthcare. Do you partner with doctors, nurses, hospitals? How does that work? How do, how do they relate to the NMU Center? I have every intention of connecting with them, but it hasn't been the right time to even try to connect yeah. with them during this pandemic. Yeah. So how I initially thought this would go as far as rolling out this center it has not gone the ideal way I thought it would have gone. Um, I will be connecting with CEOs of hospitals. Uh, one of the things I wanna do over the next year is actually uh, work with them to find out what are some of the challenges they're facing. Um, some of the initiatives that I've been working on with Michigan Works over the last year is healthcare workforce recruitment and retention initiatives. Um, we know that we have an aging population and a declining population in the Upper Peninsula. It's making it extremely hard to recruit. That problem actually existed prior to the pandemic. And this pandemic has only ex exasperated this, the whole situation. You know, So now it's even harder to solidify healthcare workforce in the Upper Peninsula. So um, I have attended the Critical Access Hospital Conference this past year, was able to meet um, probably about a third of the CEOs of hospitals at that particular conference. But my intent is to actually go around, travel, tour facilities, meet with you know people at the different locations at hospitals and clinics up here, and then find out what some of those challenges are. A um, couple examples would be, I think that there could be certifications or programs, majors or minors that we could look at putting at Northern that don't currently exist that would help meet some of our regional need. Um, I also think we really need to engage with youth right now. Um, we're producing a lot of different, um, you know, graduates and different programs, but how do we maintain those students in the Upper Peninsula? How do we ensure that we're able to support our region at the same time while educating students? And, and how have you uh, begun to connect students on our campus to the center who, who are interested in in the issue of health and health services and sciences and, and service? Uh, well, there's a lot of students that will come here because of particular majors or minors. And I'm not necessarily stepping on their toes or getting in the way of that. Um, what I'm trying to do is connect uh, faculty uh, with different community resources and where there could potentially be engagement. There could potentially be um, student placement, internship opportunities. I'm going to be working on an apprenticeship opportunity for community health workers in the future here. So um, it, it's understanding what currently exists and then what opportunities are in the communities and then just really trying to link them together. Um, I have had a number of faculty reach out with um, interest in doing research topics, but they don't necessarily know who would be a good agency to partner with in the community. And so I'm helping with some of those linkings as well. Um, one example that I can give you would be 
um, North Care Network was doing a project based on hepatitis C. And so I talked to uh, one of our professors, Mark Chevy, um, who was teaching a communications course here at Northern. And his students actually took on the project to create um, kind of like a cartoon character named Lenny the Liver. <laughs> and the students learned all about hepatitis C, which they otherwise really didn't know about, you know, sitting in their marketing class. But they had to learn everything about hepatitis C. And then they created this character and an online platform, you know, that talked about this character. And then we used that to educate other students in the community about hepatitis C. So when you think about who, you know, who pertains to hepatitis C, it wasn't necessarily the population of our students, you know, that need to be concerned about that. But my hope was they would go home at Thanksgiving and talk about this project with their parents, who are then more inclined to be educated more about hepatitis C. <laughs> and so if we can show that we could roll out something like that on this campus, the next level is how do we roll that out in the communities? And I have been working with a lot of the universities and colleges in the Upper Peninsula because I haven't been able to really get in with the hospitals right now. So we have been working with the education systems. Okay, so what uh, one of the topics I'm interested in is what I would call, as a non-health professional, underserved communities that need health. And one issue I think about is single parents with children and childcare and 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 getting your child your child into the right kind of health care and services is there, is there something something that you do in that area uh, i'm really actually focusing a lot right now on social determinants of health and these are the challenges and the barriers that prevent people from accessing health um, and it could be anything tied from you take a look at the environment where our people exist and so it's it's their overall environment of education um, housing, access to food, these types of things. Childcare obviously can impact whether or not somebody is able to, you know, go to work. Everything kind of triggers and connects at some point, and it all relates back to health. So, we're doing, uh, we're working with a professor at Northern and uh, one of our student researchers on the uh, issue in the UP of food deserts, of, of lack of food, et cetera. Is that an issue from your perspective in the Upper Peninsula? It is a huge issue. And I can tell you right now, there's two projects I'm working on related to food insecurity. Uh, the first one is we received a $200,000 grant from the Michigan Health Endowment Fund this past fall for to, to work on a two-year project. And we're doing a feasibility study, a business plan, and a capital campaign plan to research the concept of putting in a light produce processing facility in the central part of the Upper Peninsula. So what this means is that this, this type of facility doesn't exist right now in the Upper Peninsula. So it means that we can engage with farmers over the next year, find out what they're currently growing, find out could they grow more or could they grow alternative crops if there was such a facility that was able to actually freeze the produce that they're, they're providing. And then we talked about, um, will this building have freezer space for farmers to rent? Because then this can give them income year round, whereas right now their income is primarily during their growing season or their harvesting season. And so it could really have an impact on the, um, you know, the availability of food in the Upper Peninsula. Um, the other part of this is gonna be the distribution component related to food. 
And, and we have had um, a couple places reach out to us saying, let us know when you're ready to break ground. Because we know if this kind of facility existed, it's going to impact how food is reaching other areas of the Upper Peninsula, because then it won't necessarily be trucked in for a day or two from downstate. Uh, the second project is with uh, Feeding America, and they are a partner on that initial project as well. Um, and this has to do with uh, the Feeding America trucks coming to the Upper Peninsula. Um, the frequency of these trucks have almost doubled in the last few years. Um, I think last year they had about 100 trucks that came to the Upper Peninsula. This year they're shooting for about 140. So um, there is a need for food in the Upper Peninsula. Um, and it's how we reach people about that need. Um, our project is going to be to develop, um, the Marquette Co-op is going to be doing food demonstrations of what people can do with the produce that's on those trucks. And then I'm going to be filming those demonstrations and we're going to put a QR code on recipe cards that will then be made available to people who are able to um, receive their food at the Feeding America trucks. So it'll be nice to show people what they can do with different fruits or vegetables that otherwise they may not have known. So the, 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 the uh, Feeding America trucks go all over the UP, the eastern end, the western end? Yes, and I haven't I haven't updated my website yet, but once they finalize their schedule for this calendar year, we will provide a link where people can enter their county to see how often the truck will be coming and where it'll be coming. <clears throat> That's great. What what uh, uh, do you work at all with uh, Native American communities yet, and what they're doing with healthcare and their needs? They're our largest minority group in. in not only in the UP, but in rural America. I was wondering what you're doing with them. Um, I've had some interaction. Um, prior to coming to Northern, I worked at a federally qualified health center. Um, so I worked pretty closely with Bay Mills um, over on the east side of the Upper Peninsula. Um, very familiar with um, the Berga location. And I have toured and worked with some people at Lockview Desire as well. So I still have more getting around to do. I've not been um, down to Hannaville yet. Um, so <clears throat> it's been somewhat limited. I've been uh, making sure they're aware of what resources are available to help them. And I've passed along some grant opportunities in the event that they were in need of funding sources. That's great. That is wonderful. Of course, we have uh, uh, the head of the Bureau of Indian Affairs that is from from up here now and from Northern. So that's a great connection. What about your connection with other universities? Uh, I think of the University of Michigan. I know when I was president, we, we partnered with them on a number of projects. Uh, and I don't mean just to limit it to them. Are there connections with other universities? Um, besides our, our universities in the Upper Peninsula who I've been working with, um, I do have some ties right now with University of Michigan as well as Michigan State University. Um, I've gotten to know some of the people that work in, um, like one person is a, a psych nurse practitioner at MSU, and she's written some grants where she's written in um, my center as well as some local hospitals or outpatient clinics where we might be able to provide behavioral health to patients. Um, some of the grant applications haven't panned out as far as getting those funding sources, but those doors are open and it's been great to have those connections. I am on MSU's um, advisory committee for MSU Extension. So I've been on that for 
probably about seven, eight years now. And I've continued that engagement with MSU Extension. So that's been nice. Um, also getting to know more people at University of Michigan and working with them in different areas as well. Great. Well, it's only been what, since it's two years, 18 months you've been going and you've gotten a lot done in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> and everything else going on in the world. Uh, is there anything I haven't asked you about that I should should have asked about what you do? Did I miss something that you want to talk about? Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of people who don't know I, what, who I am, I guess, and what we're trying to do. And I think it's going to take a while until that kind of gets around. Um, the other part of this is that I'm one person and I can only do so much. <laughs> so I'm I'm trying to connect people with other people and determine who can help me get some work done, you know, within the region. Um, sometimes it's not about me lifting my finger to do the work. Sometimes it's about me just connecting people with other resources. So I want, you know, I'm not here to necessarily do everything myself. But I want to understand what challenges we're faced with and then try to figure out um, solutions for those, you know, and sometimes it's it's outside of the box thinking. Sometimes it's that it's not that traditional path. I do not want to duplicate and replicate efforts that are already happening in the Upper Peninsula. So my goal is just to understand what exists and then try to figure out more solutions. Um, more recently, I've been accepted into a Center for Health and Research Transformation Fellowship at University of Michigan. Actually, I leave town tomorrow to start the first session. And that's going to take place a couple days a week, um, every week through May. And my hope really is to understand more about how we can work on health policy development, what that means to the Upper Peninsula. My whole focus is going to be on the Upper Peninsula with this. Um, I have seen things happen. I've seen legislation take place in front of me. I've been involved in that. I've gone to Washington, D.C. in the past. I've worked with state legislators. I have every intention of continuing those efforts and doing whatever I can to uh, move the needle, so to speak, you know, on efforts that will help to support our, our health care. Well, I, I think that's really great. I mean, I hope that our thousands of, of subscribers and listeners and readers, uh, I hope this will help get the word out about who you are and what you're doing. That's why I wanted to do this. It's one of those projects that Northern is doing that is really important to the peninsula and rural issues. Uh, and, and we focus a lot on rural policy development as well. So I'm really excited about this. And, you know, there are exciting projects at Michigan Tech at Lake Superior State. But this one is, is in particular at Northern is a wonderful, uh, a wonderful opportunity. I was really pleased when I read about uh, uh, your fellowship because of such a great networking opportunity uh, with the University of Michigan and their huge health system, U of M health system and their, their academic health sciences. Uh, it's phenomenal. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, I saw, well, thank you very much for doing this with me. I think, uh, I hope you'll be willing to come back in a few months and tell us some more about what's happened as people are starting to get out. And yeah, absolutely. And, absolutely. And, uh, I, I, uh, a friend of mine, an academic who was playing a research project, planned a zoom meeting with 50 people and not a lot showed up. And I said to her, 
It's because I think people are zoomed out. There's this is so <laughs> their whole life is spent sitting in front of a computer. So one of these days we'll all get to see each other and meet each other. So at least thank you very much. This is just fascinating, and uh, thank you to you and Dr. Schuling for uh, doing this because it's a wonderful, uh, a, a wonderful project for people in the Upper Peninsula, one of the one of the, the state's leading rural areas. So. Thank you very much. Stay warm, stay safe. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity and I look forward to coming back. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thanks. You've been listening to the Rural Insights Podcast, brought to you by the Rural Insights Institute, working to ensure that rural citizens and policymakers alike have the information necessary to make good decisions. If you enjoy our content, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. You can also subscribe to our weekly email newsletter by visiting ruralinsights.org. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.